Praise the Lord. This is Brad Julius again. We are going through the this book that we call Rapturing Faith series. And the one I what in the last broadcast I uh, actually talked generally on uh, being led by the Spirit, which you actually will see a lot of that in chapter four. So I'm not going through this book chapter by chapter. I just take as the as I talk. The Lord will put an, a topic in my mouth, and then I will discuss it, and it will be one of these things that we have talked about in chapter in chapter. Oh, there was. So now I'm going to talk again on on humility. Humility. Why that is part of the rapturing faith. Why that is essential to go in the rapture. Humility. And you see that in chapter, I think it's in chapter 6 here, that we talk about humility. And why, why do you say humility is necessary? There's a spiritual power that comes with humility. And I'm go if you go to that chapter 6, verse one, one, page 109, you'll see some of the things that we mentioned in chapter 6 that talks about humility. And why is it that we need to be humble? There is the Bible that said, in Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15, said, Thus said the high and lofty one that inhabited eternity, whose name is Holy. I dwell in the high and holy place. With him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble. And to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So what is the Lord telling us then? He walks with those that are lowly. Because the Bible said God resisted the proud. But gave, gave honor to those that are lowly. Grace to those that are lowly. So that is very important that we have to remember. Humility is one of the things that God commands for his people. Why do we say that? Because that was what he himself showed to us. You can see that in the in the in the stories that the Lord Jesus Christ gave to us. Why? And I'm going to point to some of these things. Here is another story in the book of Matthew, chapter 23. Let me go right now and read it from the scripture to you. Because humility, as I say, is essential to be Qualify for the rapture. Humility. Matthew chapter 23. And I'm going to read some of the stories that the Lord Jesus Christ said here. Here, you know, in the verse, some few verses, he said, Verse 2, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, all therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their work, for they say and do not. For they bind every bodies and grievous to be born, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. Now, let me go to another, another story here where the Lord was talking about in Matthew 10 to 12 he said 
verse 10 here, where he was talking about, don't be, that is out of humility. Be ye not called rabbi, for one is your master. Verse 8. Even Christ is your master, and all ye are brethren. That is teaching us humility there. Because many people love the praise of men. And he said, And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Now, the title father is clear. Some people say, Just send me, I couldn't call my earthly father, father. Well, that's just a title. Many people refer to your dear dad, pop, or dad, and so on. But the, God was, the Lord was referring to this prestigious name calling that people use for the spiritual, spiritual father, they call them. And they begin to address them as father, not just because of their spiritual uh, respect, they have reverend this, father this. That is what the Lord was talking about. He said, don't call any man your father or not. He's talking about the spiritual father. He's not talking about a heartly father that is, that you have, that is your biological father, which many people don't really call them father. They just call them dad and pop and son. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the people call the reverend father, father, or calling their pastor, pa papa, father, and as if he's above all of them. He said, no, you don't call them father. He said, you're all brethren. We are all brethren. Even the word pastor is not really necessary to be calling me pastor. I'm just a brother. See? That's just a title. You see a pastor, you see evangelist, it's just a title. But when you are addressing them, we are all brethren. That's what Christ said. Don't call anybody your father or not. We have only one father, which is God in heaven. Now that be you call masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. That's verse 11. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. This is, is the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ directly himself in Matthew chapter 23, verse 10 to 12. And you see the Lord teaches even the apostles have problem with the, 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 the thing when the Lord was teaching them. You see that in Mark chapter 9, where the Lord was kneeling down for the apostles. In Mark chapter 9, here is an example. Where the Lord was teaching the apostles, verse 33 of Mark chapter 9. You have to remember in this story, the apostles they have tried to cast out a devil. A lunatic boy was to be delivered. The father brought the lunatic boy to the apostles, but the Lord Jesus was not there with the three. Peter, James, and John were gone with the logicals of the Mount of Transgression when this man brought his son. But when they couldn't cast that devil out, they may have some other issues with themselves. They were trying to have confrontation with one another who, is the, who should be in charge here. So that was one of the reasons why the devil didn't budge. So, after the Lord cast that devil out, the people, when they were going back with the Lord, they were now having some mourning between themselves. And the Lord heard what they were murmuring about. He didn't address it until they got inside the house. That's what he was, he was saying in chapter... In verse 34. Verse 33 of Mark chapter 9. I'm going to read Mark chapter 9, verse 33. Here the Lord Jesus Christ was now going to address what the disciples or the apostles were murmuring behind, between one another. And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? He saw them, the twelve of them, disputing, I mean, talking back and forth between one another. That was after the devil was cast out from that boy, and they are now going to, to Capernaum, and then they got into there, and the Lord Jesus Christ said, 
What were you guys discussing? Disputing. Dispute means they were changing words between one another. But they held their peace. They didn't want to tell him what was going on among them. For by the way, they are disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. I mean, after three of the apostles were not there, nine of them now were to address this lunatic boy, and maybe they were having problems who should take charge. That after the thing was done, they realized that something was not. You need to know who should be in charge if Peter, James, and John were not here. So that palace is what they were disputing. So and the Lord wanted to straighten that up. up. He said they held their peace, meaning they didn't want to say anything like that because it looked like so disappointing that they were not they are not thinking about humility here. Verse 35, and he sat down and called the twelve and said unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be the shall be last of all and servant of all. So he was talking to the twelve of them right now. Because they are, he saw that they were disputing about themselves who should be the greatest among the twelve. Who is going to be in charge if the master is not here. So he said, if any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all. And servant of all. Well, look like uh, is that means that if you desire, you are going to be demoted. There are, there are two ways to look at that Bible verse. It's simply saying, desiring to be great you can be debased. That's what the Lord says in that one way. Because he said that he that exalted himself shall be abased. He also is also telling us one way that to actually be first, you should be serving. I was asking some of my friends, I say, if you go to a, a party where, you are, where they, have, they are doing something like a party and you are just a guest, you don't know who is in charge of this party. How will you know who is in charge? How will you know who is in charge? Everybody sit down on the tables to be served. If you want to find out who is in charge, just ask those who are serving. I mean, somebody invited them to be serving the table. Also, those who are serving the tables for the guests, those are the people that are in charge. So you can look at it that way and say, he actually is saying, the Lord Jesus is actually saying, if you desire to be first, you should be serving. That's how can way to look at it in the woman's sense. And that is really what Jesus Christ was saying. He was trying to, he told them when he was in the last supper, he said, I am among you. You call me Lord, but I'm among you as the servant. I'm serving you. He break the bread and give it to all of them. He cup. So he was the one that is distributing the food. That means he was the one serving them. He said, that is exactly the highest person, the first person should be the one serving. So we are called to serve. That I preached a sermon in some of the sermons that if you think you are called to be king, you are to rule over these people, you don't understand the ways of the Lord. The king is called to serve the people. Or say there's prestige. In being king, yeah, there's prestige. Because people will respect you, but you are called to serve them, not to boss over them, not to rule over them. You are actually called to serve. And you see an example of that in this. That's why I'm, I'm talking about humility, because that is what God requires for them that are going to go away in the rapture. Humility is very, very essential. And I'm going to point to the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ showed that humility to us when He came. The Bible said in Philippians, Philippians, let's read the story that where the Bible said we must have the same mind. Like our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 2, from verse 3, it says, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look 
not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Now verse 5 is where I'm going because it's going to compare that with what Christ manifested to us. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, he was God Almighty manifested in the flesh. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God, that is not trying to grab and say, I'm God, I'm God, I can't do, do, do this. No, he says, that's really like you are robbing him of his position. No, he says, he doesn't think it as a robbery to come and do this. They are not robbing, his robbing him of his position. Think of it this way. I always think of it this way. I said, let's say you are a millionaire. You are a millionaire. And you go to the store. You are dressed just like anybody else. And somebody insulted you. And uh, make you feel lowly because they don't respect you. Does that take away your million dollar from your bank? No. You are still a millionaire. Even though they don't respect you. You are still a millionaire. See, Your position does not diminish just because the guy across the table does not respect you. That does not change your position. So that is exactly what I saw. I see this thing. God came down and became man. Not that they rob him, rob him of his God position. No. That's why he said, He thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. That was what God Almighty did. He took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. Not only that, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Look at the type of death that the Lord Jesus allowed himself to be killed, to be crucified on the cross, bled to death. That's the worst death, not so. People have said, well, they dignified death would have been better for a, for, a, for a man of God. But look at what he went through. Even the death of the cross. Not only that when he came, he became humble like man. Not only he became to be a man, to, to come in function of man is, is enough humility. But you see where he was born. He was born in a manger by a carpenter. And a mother that they have no place in the inn. And they have to go and be among the goats and the sheep. Where the go Nobody would like to do that even in our generation. They will, the doctor will tell you that place is filthy. Because that's where the ghosts and the sheep are sleeping and they are pooing in there again. I don't think anybody has gone there to clean up the pool of those ghosts and those sheep. You want to go and have a baby there? People will think uh, there will be jams, there will be viruses, there could be things, the baby is not going to be in good protection. You see? That was why the Messiah was known. That is humility. He said, well, he has authority over all this, all the sickness and disease, of course. God has authority over those things. But to be born in a manger like that by people that can't find a, a place in the hymn is humility. That's what the Bible says, that he became obedient unto death, and then he has to die on the cross. That's also his humility. So that was what the Bible said. He became an example for us that you can see that he, he became obedient, even obedient unto death. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him. He that humbled himself shall be exalted. God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So that is why humility is essential, because the Lord Jesus Christ taught humility to every one of his believers. When it comes to humility, 
There's another, another sermon that Logical preached in the book of Luke chapter 14 to tell us how we should practice humility. This is practicing now because humility is a virtue, but sometimes it, we have to exercise it. We have to hide our pride many times, hide it, and it becomes part of us. If you keep hiding it, if you keep behaving to exercise these attributes of the, of the life of of the life of Christ. Here is Luke chapter 14, where Christ taught humility again in another place. Verse 8. Yeah. The, the Lord was in this place where they were, they invited them for, for dinner. And the Lord saw in verse 7, and he put forth a parable to those which were bidding when he marked how they chose out the sheaf rooms, saying unto them, When thou art bidding of any man to a wedding, Sit not thou in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidding of him. And he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, Give this man place. And thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. They're telling you, you may be shamed by a woman based like you if you don't, if you try to usurp a position that they don't want you to usurp that position. But let me say, for but when thou art bidding, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher, then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. Well, that reminded me of a, of, a, of a testimony, of not a testimony, of an experience that we had not my experience it was during the time my daughter my first daughter is to, to get married during the wedding my daughter was playing college tennis in maryland and we were doing the wedding in phoenix arizona and the and during the day of the way we have already invited all the people that are invited but my daughter had wanted to invite the coach, the tennis coach in Maryland. We only knew the man briefly. Actually, maybe we, I knew him only once. But we, you know, when it comes to wedding, the parents are the ones that are doing the wedding for the daughter. So, but this coach came with his wife from Maryland. And actually, I, I, when we were going to the church, to the church building, I saw the coach come down and I greeted him because I, I, I recognized him. So I greeted him, and then after the church uh, ceremonial something, we went to the reception hall. And then in the reception hall, they, of course, the seats were assigned. The seats were, all, and then the ones that are not, we actually have reserved seats for the family of the of the group and the family of the of the bride. And then the other seats, everybody just take as the as the as the, as the fine. Only the reserved seats were are assigned. But the coach, because of his, his position, we already knew that the coach would be coming and the family of the groom, because they are, the groom is also from Maryland and the coach also is from Maryland, Maryland State. They were, I, we put the coach, but we didn't, have to, we didn't know how to tell him because we didn't, we didn't know, we didn't have their information. We just put the, the seat of the coach and his wife with the family of the groom. Because we have about 12 seats reserved for the groom's family. 
but they won't be they will not be enough they won't have enough 12 people coming all the way from Maryland. so we added the coach to their table but we didn't communicate that to to him so by the time the everybody was now flocking into the into the reception hall which was a, a ballroom and i remembered that we have assigned this place and there are empty seats in the section of the groom's family and I had to be looking around. I was I stood up as the father of the bride. I was the father of the bride in the great regalia. I was looking around looking for that coach because I recognized him in the church. But now we are in the ballroom and the coach and his wife were sitting way in the corner there with the crowd with the crowd where they didn't know because nobody he didn't know anybody except the bride. And the bride was too busy to, to recognize who is who is who is who. So I was looking for the coach. I went and saw him where he was sitting or standing. Really, he was actually standing, waiting for uh, the whole place was packed full and he didn't know anybody. So I just said, Coach, 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 you have a seat reserved. You and your wife, come over, follow me, follow me, follow me. That was exalting people. That is what the logic said. He that is humbling himself shall be exalted. So I said, You have a seat with the groom's family. So come on, follow me, follow me, follow me. And I took him out of that crowd. And himself and his wife, and brought him to where the mainland group, which are the not that he knew the mainland group, he didn't know them. They were all just group family. He was not part of the group family. He was just a coach in the college, but they were all from mainland. So he sat with them. So I said, "This is your seat right there," and he was very grateful. But what I I just remember this story of our Lord Jesus Christ. After that happened, that that is what the Lord Jesus Christ said: "The man that invited them will come and tell you that." Oh. You don't, you don't sit over here, go up higher. That was what he was telling them in this story. And it happened just like that because I was the one that invited everybody. I was the father of the, of the bride that, that uh, sponsored all these things. And when we were organizing those things, we had those names assigned. That's what the logical says. He said, He that bade thee will come and say unto you, Give this man place if you are sitting in the reserved place. But if you have been humble yourself, you take a lowest room. They, they will come and say, friend, go up higher. Then shall thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. See, where he was sitting there before, people didn't know who he was. But when I, the father of the bride, suddenly come and say, oh, coach, so, 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 follow me, follow me. You, are, you have a sign seat over here. Now they will be respecting that. Oh, that is a coach. And they will, they will be giving him a respect that he is due. So that was what the Lord was telling us here. Verse 11, for whosoever exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. The Lord was teaching us humility because that is the principle of heaven. Because the Bible says, I am the I and lofty God. God said he is the I and lofty God and he inhabited eternity. He is the highest of all highest. But you see, he wanted to dwell with the lowly people. And the Bible said he, he, he did not resisted the proud. He was telling Job, he said, look upon the earth and see those who are proud and just with your face pull them down. See, that was how the Lord would do. He doesn't have to get out of his seat. Just looking at the proud people on earth, and they will just find themselves crumbling. Why? Because they are exalting themselves, and God says we have to be humble. And that is one of the things that I want you to know that humility is essential when it comes to going in the rapture. Very, very essential. And again, the Lord give us another example. Let me point to another story here in the scripture. I'm just taking some Bible verses from this book that we have already compiled. So that you can go and look at that book and it will tell you some more
Now in the story of uh, how we can overcome pride. How do you overcome pride? Now I say something in the when how do you overcome pride? You say pride is something that comes to the mind. The devil can stand upon somebody's shoulder, spirits, they come up upon somebody's shoulder and whisper some thoughts, make you feel because of your prestige, make you think it comes to the thoughts, basically voices from the outside, not from you. And when it comes to you, you have to shut down that thought. That's why the Bible says, taking captive every thought to the obedience of the word of God. When it says to you, or the obedience of Christ. That's what Apostle Paul was exhorting us when he said, We are to we are the weapons of our warfare is not carnal. How do you resist pride? It is by the word of God, by taking captive every of any of those thoughts. Let me let's point to this second Corinthians. And see what Apostle Paul is saying. So um, point to, that's how we are going to overcome pride. Is by recognizing it that it is not from me, it is from the voices from the outside. Look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5. So I'm going to read. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. That is, the fight, the battle we are fighting is not against human beings. It's against spirits that we try to raise up the pride in human beings because the voices of the demons they just tell your soldier may make you want to feel make you want to feel as if you need to when you when that thought comes to it may make you want to feel so proud and arrogant that oh, you you know better than that let's say a pastor is preaching and as he's preaching you are in the pew and the voice can be talking from your mind and say, this man ought not to be teaching, you ought to teach him. You need to sit down. If you accept that thought, you are proud. But if you recognize that voice is from the enemy, not from you, from the outside world, from spirits, and you shut it down. That's why Apostle Paul is saying that that's how we fight. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. That's the knowledge of God is that we should be humble. So the thought is saying you should be proud. So you cast it down. I'm bringing into captivity every thought. See, the, uh, the devil attacks through ideas, thoughts, suggestions. And pride thoughts come to the mind just like that from the devil. From what you see. From who is talking around you. From who is a reaction to what you are seeing or what is going on. And you have to be humble also. If you want to be humble, you have to bring that thought to captivity. How do you bring it to captivity? Every thought to the obedience of Christ, to the obedience of the word of God. Christ is the word. So you remember what the Bible says that he that exalted himself shall be abased. And you tell your mind, I'm a son of God. I don't have to react to this. Whether somebody is boasting and bragging and making you feel like I can knock him off with my fist. No, you should be humble. Or somebody is proud and before you open your mouth and say, he is proud. No, you be humble. You see? That is why he said, take captive the thought that is trying to make you proud. Take it captive to the obedience of the word of God that said, he that exalted himself shall be abased. He that humbled himself shall be exalted. I'm going to continue this in the next. That is the word about why humility is essential to go in the rapture. Because we are going to be riding with God in the chariot of God. And God says, only dwell with the lowly. So if you want him to ride with you in the chariot, in the firmament, in the heavens, in the universes, you better be one of those lowly ones that he works with. God bless you.
I'll continue this in the next broadcast. Praise the Lord. Well, we will continue this message in the next broadcast. The Bible said, Precept shall be upon precept, line upon line. A little there, a little there. And I pray that you will not miss the next broadcast so that you can build upon that which you have just learned today. The Bible said, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. In, in other words, we can say faith coming by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. It's not just a one-time shot. You must keep hearing the word so that your faith can be built up. We shall continue this message in the next broadcast. Don't miss the next broadcast. God bless you.